Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. By Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused, with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. You'll be at the top of the city as you experience Asheville's history and scenic beauty, historic landmarks, and award-winning rooftop bars. Transportation is provided with tours offered daily, year-round. Find out more at AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. By RomanticAsheville.com, create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. And by Explore Brevard. Explore Brevard encourages visitors to Transylvania County, North Carolina to consider their impact on public lands. Because we treasure our beautiful forests and streams, we invite you to leave no trace and take action to leave it better. Find out more at explorebrevard.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And here's some good news. You can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Pandora, even Amazon. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, travel tips, and personal inspiring stories taking us to the heart of why we love to travel and reminding us to keep dreaming of where we'll go next. We're finding ourselves in a time where it's important to look back at where we've been and what we've done with our lives and build on those accomplishments as we're moving forward to new goals and adventures. For many of us, the focus always seems to be about moving forward, thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow and the day after that. But let's not forget that looking back is extremely effective. So how do you get the most out of your past to get the best out of your future? Well, my guest today is looking into her rearview mirror to a life full of travel, adventure, advocacy, and leadership. But she knows if you spend too much time looking behind you, you might not see what's in front of you. Giselle McAuliffe is a communication strategist with a lifetime of mission-driven work helping people around the world who's now finding herself reflecting on what's in store for her future. Giselle, it is so wonderful to have you on Speaking of Travel today. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. I'm very excited. 
Well, Giselle, you've worked around the world doing really big work for a lot of high-profile organizations. So tell us how your life path wove around the whole globe. Wow. Well, to my great satisfaction, I have visited dozens of countries over the years. And, you know, I think it really started in my childhood. Uh, My parents were in their late 40s and decided it was time to break out of their suburban lifestyle and take a big adventure with their three daughters. I was the youngest. They moved us to Dublin, Ireland. I was age 11, and I lived there through the completion of high school. I then returned to the US to attend New York University, and after that lived in Manhattan for many years, about four or more years. By then I was married to a print journalist, and I was a TV and radio news journalist. My husband and I got posted to London, um, and that's where we reported on stories in Europe, Africa, and the Middle East. So you can see by my mid-20s, I'm out there. (laughs) A few years later, we moved back to the U.S. Our marriage ended, and I proceeded to move around the U.S. a lot. I lived in Michigan, Washington State, and Nevada before settling in the Washington, D.C. metro area. And I had a variety of jobs over the 30-some years I've been here now that have taken me around the world. So I guess you could say the globe trotting started with Ireland and never really stopped. (laughs) Uh, It it really was a, a result of the careers I chose, a lot of it in advocacy after the journalism. So the American Red Cross, the Worldwide Fund for Nature Climate Change Campaign, the Wilderness Society. And finally, I went out on my own and established my consultancy, Bigger Impact. And I've led that enterprise for many years now. Um, and it's, it's, it's great. And it also has led to continued travel overseas. Wow. Well, you, you have been around the world and it I would imagine that you have an ability to view the world in uh, as an American, as a European, uh, and it seems like it would create a really wonderful, deep fascination of other cultures. Is that how you've lived your life so far? <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I'm just thinking of my early years and trying to sort everything out while I was visiting so many countries. Um, Yes, you know, I think the most defining experience of my travels was spending half my childhood in in Dublin, Ireland. I moved there young enough that I quickly became immersed, actually, no, absorbed into that culture. I had a Dublin accent with little or no trace of my former New York American accent. I had a large group of friends and I was truly just, you know, one of the gang. And in fact, from the beginning, I was much happier living in Dublin than I had been in New York. Um, New York was good, but I discovered that living in Dublin as a child was great. Um, When I moved back to the States to attend university, I felt like a complete foreigner. Um, and that's really where my ability to view the world as an American and a European became quite clear to me. Being an American university student, being a young American adult was 
completely foreign to me. I was a young Irish adult. <laughs> there were some things I liked in the U.S., but there was a lot I did not like. And it is true to say that although I have obviously at this point regained my American identity, I have never felt deep down culturally like an American. I consider myself a European and a globalist with a strong American sensibility. So, you know, I look back and I realize I was a globalist decades before globalism emerged as an economic necessity. So, you know, as a result of, again, my life in Ireland, I have always seen the United States as an outsider, as one big country among all the countries of the world. I'm very happy I'm an American citizen, but, you know, the outsider view finds it almost uh, insulting, certainly condescending, when Americans proclaim we are the, the United States is the best country in the world. The U.S. has a lot to be proud of, some things to be not so proud of, and globalists understand this. So, you know, when I look at it now, when I think, even to this day now, after being back in the States so many decades, I am much more comfortable still in anywhere in Western Europe than I am in the, in the U.S., so I, I've come to accept that I'll always be a bit of an outsider in my country of origin. And you live in Washington, D.C. now, right? Yes, I live in the D.C. metro area. So you really are in a, in a hub that is a cultural kind of melting pot. Uh, so there is, I've always felt, being a Washingtonian myself, uh, that being in Washington is something like being in another country, uh, you've got so many different cultures all in one place. Is that a place that you have felt at least comfortable when you're not traveling all over the world? Yes, I, I do feel comfortable here. Uh, I'm not in love with the emphasis on politics in this region, just a matter of course, because so many people work for the government or come uh in to serve the um, new presidential administration every four to eight years. Um, but yes, it, it really is, I think, the best place that I could have ended up. And, and at the same time, you know what? There really, I really have no home home. Can that, it, it, I hope that's possible to understand. I, go, I can go back to Westchester, New York, where I was raised till age 11, but I'm a total outsider. I look at it and I say, you can never go home again. And I feel that way um, in the States, but DC, because of its transience, really does make it easier for me to feel comfortable. Well, Giselle, I love your your stories and where you've been and and all the work that you've done to help to help the world, really. And when we come back from the break, I want to talk to you more about um, what propelled you to travel, really what what your sense of being challenged is all about. And then even more importantly, I'd like to speak to you about um, moving forward and and where you see yourself today and where you envision yourself moving forward. 
<laughs> Great. So thank you. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here with Giselle McAuliffe. And stay tuned. This is really... Um, this is really wonderful having you here, Giselle. I really appreciate you being on Speaking of Travel. Oh, thank you. It's, it's wonderful to speak with you, too. We'll be right back. Even though our public lands are precious to all, millions of pounds of trash are sadly left behind in our forests and waterways every year. That's why we're encouraging visitors to Brevard and Transylvania County to leave no trace and take action to leave it better. Find out how you can make a difference and leave it better at explorebrevard.com today. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I am here with Giselle McAuliffe. Giselle has a long history of moving around the world. She has been on the go for years and years working in organizations that has given her an opportunity to travel all over the world. And Giselle, it is so wonderful to have you here on Speaking of Travel. I'm I'm really excited about hearing more of your story and um, and finding out how you really, you know, all these years that you've been traveling, what what is it that really has um, given you this sense of being challenged to go from one thing to the next, bigger and bigger? <laughs> wow. Well, um, you know, I think part of it is I was born adventurous and with a big sense of curiosity about the world. Um, So I am adventurous in general when it comes to travel. I I like to be challenged and experience some adventure. I love going to new places where I can explore, and that nearly always includes taking some risks. Uh, I, I toured India by myself when I turned 40, and I still cherish those memories. I've worked in war zones uh, of the Balkans conflict uh, when that was going on. And that experience too was, was memorable. And in my opinion, a little fear never hurt anyone. I think, in fact, it can be invigorating. It can sharpen the mind and bring everything into better focus. And I'll give you a couple of examples from my experiences. I remember when I, excuse me, when I first started living in Kenya for several months in my mid-20s, I felt really ungrounded. It was, and in fact, it was almost intolerable to struggle with the anxiety I had when I was first there. I loved being there. I wanted to be there. Um, But I felt, I looked around and it was such a foreign place. Um, I just felt ungrounded, didn't know, you know, how I was going to cope with myself. And mixed with that was I was very ambitious about my work and everything I wanted to achieve because there I was living in Nairobi at age 25 as a foreign correspondent for three different radio networks. (laughs) So um, then in the midst of feeling so foreign in that place, I had a revelation. If I was religious, I'd say it was an epiphany. (laughs) 
and I, I thought I just this thought came into me in the midst of just walking down the street feeling anxious. And it was that I want to help. I don't want to just report on what's happening anymore around the world. I want to be part of the solution. My mark on the world may be minuscule, but if my actions, and this was the real heart of my thought, if my actions make a positive difference in the life of just one person, that will justify my whole existence. So it was short, it was simple, and it was everything. By throwing my arms around feeling emotionally challenged in a new foreign place, I actually discovered my reason for living. And, you know, another example was, is the fact that I've traveled to some very poor regions of the world for my work and worked one-on-one with individuals who have very little compared to Americans. Um, it, that also, as you might expect, has been challenging, sometimes mind-bending and, and eye-opening. But by working in those communities, I also saw the pride, the happiness, the challenges and achievements of the people in those places. But, and, and I've learned poverty can create great hardship, but it never blemishes dignity and it, it doesn't destroy the ability to have joy and to experience fulfillment. So I'm, I'm glad I was challenged through those experiences to understand that and close up. It really threw away that refrain that I've heard people share that, oh, no, they don't want to go to X place because the poverty, they just, they just can't ex- be around that. And I think when you challenge yourself in your travels, you grow. Here's my analogy. If my intellect is a glass filled to the top with water, then travel makes my glass grow larger. Challenging travel experiences generate more water, but rather than it spilling over the glass and overwhelming me, my glass becomes a larger vessel that can hold ever increasing amounts. That's really uh, a beautiful way to look at that. And given that, that you, you were able to have this epiphany and, and find this life purpose, now you're in a, a, a new phase of your life and reflecting on all of your past and all of your accomplishments and, and the, uh, just the beautiful way of looking at the world uh, and, and the different cultures. How do you envision this new phase? Not only are we in a new phase, just given our circumstances today, but given that uh, here you are now, how do you, how do you think about moving forward? Yeah, that's, that is a great question. Um, you know, I don't know really what's next. And that's okay. I think the best way forward, I need to be comfortable not knowing where I'm going. So I'm delighted that I feel physically and mentally full of energy and curiosity. I don't have much money, but that's okay because 
it helps to focus my mind and clarify my priorities. And I, I want to keep working, um, both because I want to and I need to. Um, and I want to find opportunities to give back, to teach my skills and share my experience with other younger people so they can be more successful. You know, as a young woman, I felt very alone. I just, I was very ambitious and I just accepted I would find a way to achieve my objectives. I'm a survivor and a fighter. I pursued a goal. And if I hit a brick wall, all that meant to me was that I had to figure out how to go under, over, around, or around that wall and move ahead. So that's what I did. And that's what I'll do as I continue to move forward. Well, Giselle, we want to keep up with everything that you're doing. You've been, um, you had a lifetime of accomplishments and challenges and stepping out of your comfort zone. And you're getting ready to, you're doing that now again, just in a, in a little bit different configuration. <laughs> yes, that, that's what happens when you get to your 60s. So is there a, a website or a way that people can find out more information about what you do and your consulting uh, uh, information? Well, thank you for asking. Sure. It's um, if you go to bigger impact.com, that's the website for my consultancy. Um, you'll probably learn more about me than you ever wanted to. <laughs> Everything's there, obviously, because I use it as a calling card for organizations that want to work with me to use communications to increase the impact of their efforts. So whatever their mission is, I take communications expertise and I use it to literally increase the impact so that if it's about uh, improving economic development in the community. I apply communications to everything else the organization is doing to make that happen. And um, yeah, so please, uh, I'd love to hear from anyone. There's, you can contact me from there. And um, I'd love to hear from any of your listeners. Well, thank you, Giselle. It's really been a pleasure to have you on Speaking of Travel and and learn from from your experiences in your past. And like you said, going to your site, learning more about you, we would love to learn about you even more. So let's definitely check in in 2021, see where you are, what you've been doing, and um, and keep on going. You're you're a, an inspiration for all of us. Oh, that's that's really sweet. <laughs> well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. Thank you, Giselle. And I know that we're all looking forward to making our next travel plans. Coming up next is my guest, Justin Bellamy. Justin is the founder of JB Media Group, co-founder of JB Media Institute, and the DIY Tourism Marketing Workshop. He's also the publisher of RomanticAsheville.com. He's going to be here to fill us in on some emerging trends in the travel industry. So stay tuned. Are you ready to plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. 
not just for couples. RomanticAsheville.com is a 900-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North Carolina. Fall is here, making this the perfect time to explore all the many safe and memorable adventures found across Western North Carolina. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. It's crisp, it's clean, it's cool, and it's here. Fall is in the air. While the brisk breeze billows through the kaleidoscope of colors cascading across the mountains, there is no better time to get out and explore the breathtaking beauty that our backyard has to offer. Adventure is the name of the game, and what better to kick off in than a symmetrical all-wheel drive Subaru to take you through whatever terrain you wish to tackle. Adventure is waiting, the choice is yours. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I have spent the better part of 20-plus years in the travel industry in a variety of roles, from marketing to podcasting. The tourism industry has been one of the most impacted industries during this time, and it's kind of like a spider web. You touch one little strand, and the ripple effect is chilling. So what can we expect as we begin traveling again? Some changes have already begun taking shape from sustainable travel to glamping to road tripping. It's safe to say travel trends are constantly changing and evolving. My guest today is Justin Bellamy. Justin is the founder of JB Media Group, co-founder of the JB Media Institute and the DIY Tourism Marketing Workshop, and he's the publisher of RomanticAsheville.com. And Justin is going to talk to us about some emerging trends and important and insightful observations to help us think creatively about how to move forward as we begin to make our travel plans. And Justin, welcome. It is so great to have you on speaking of travel. Thank you, Marilyn. I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I know that you have been busy doing a lot of work around the travel industry and really becoming a resource for the industry in looking at who's doing what, how are things evolving. Uh, you just had a tourism recovery summit. Uh, well, you have it coming up. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and, and what that summit was all about? Absolutely, Marilyn. That's a, and that's an event you helped us with, helped us produce, actually. So it's something that, an idea I came up with in early on and during the COVID pandemic back in the spring to host an event, a free event for the industry by the by the marketing aspect of the industry, touching on what's what's working, what's not working, how really successful thought leaders are were changing their strategies across the country so that small businesses and smaller destination marketing organizations could glean some insights from those experts. And through a concept, of, not, not something I came up with myself, but the concept of the mastermind, which is when you get a bunch of people, smart people together, the collective wisdom is greater than anyone's singular wisdom. So the idea they're bringing together these different experts, asking them the similar questions and hoping to get um, creative ideas that businesses could use, organizations could use for their own marketing, their own strategy going into next year. So we interviewed people from Washington, a woman from Washington, D.C. We interviewed a guy who used to be in Asheville, who's now in 
in a beach uh, just outside of Los Angeles, California, doing leading the marketing there uh, at Huntington Beach. And Chris Cavanaugh, who's been at Biltmore and now is at Explore Asheville, uh, interim executive director, and, and others as well. And we asked them the similar questions about and what they're seeing is working, what, what they're seeing, uh, how their small businesses have adapted, what, ad- what adaptations have been working, and um, how they've been changing their marketing. And we heard similarities and differences from each one, which I think is, a, is the value of the event itself. And it's a free event. Uh, we're, we're having it go. It's going to be on our uh, website available next week. Why don't you give us that website address so that people can be looking into it while we're talking? Sure. It's actually on our DIYtourismmarketing.com uh, website. DIYtourismmarketing.com. If you go under the events tab, it is the October free virtual summit is what it's listed as in the drop down menu. And then you can you can sign up for it and you'll get the each day you'll get uh, two short video interviews uh, in your inbox. Give us some idea, Justin, of some of the aspects of the industry that uh, that you heard about as you were talking to people from all over the country that are doing well now, that are showing signs of of recovery and because of their creative and uh, sometimes even thinking outside the box methods are uh, leading them to find new experiences that that are really taking off. Absolutely. It's interesting. I think the tourism industry and hospitality industry are kind of a microcosm of the entire economy. There are certain things that are doing better than ever before and other areas that are still struggling to an extreme degree, even questioning their ability to continue into next year. On one end of the spectrum, you have things like uh, boat marinas, boat rentals doing extremely well. On the other end of the spectrum, you have things like large wedding venues, large, highly dense rooftop bar establishments struggling in most markets. And so what I was trying to identify is a combination of which actual business models are doing well, but then what things that any business could try to move towards and evolve. And not every business can adapt a like a um, curated experience for a small group, but that's what people are looking for right now. They're looking for they're maybe not traveling as much, but they, when they do travel, they have a little bit of extra money because they haven't been spending as much. And they're willing to spend a little bit more on something very custom, something memorable, a very a, a impactful memory to break up the monotony of being at home all the time. So people that can do private photo tours or curated kind of luxury picnics, uh, high-end glamping. Is, is really popular right now. And all types of high-end solo or small group lodging, like cabin rentals, all different types of those types of, of lodging are doing well, while big city, large hotels are on the, on the struggling list, I think, still in most cases. So it's interesting, even within lodging, there's a spectrum of struggling to, to, to pact. You know, around Western North Carolina, Asheville's still down a little bit, although I was out and about this past weekend and it didn't seem that, it didn't seem like it was. There was so many people out around downtown. I think it was a lot of locals as well as tourists. But uh, getting out, get outside of Asheville about an hour in any direction. And what we're hearing from our friends in those communities that work in tourism are that some of those communities have experienced an all-time record lodging tax revenue this summer. Mostly from short-term rentals, cabin rentals, um, and other individual units that are for rent, um, and then all the experiences associated with that. Was getting into what some of the ones I ex- mentioned earlier, like the the, uh, the 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 small tours and the the 
the tractions you can do by, you know, in small groups are doing well in those areas while others are, are struggling still like the bars. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really interesting time and I'm really kind of slightly concerned, but also interested to see how it happens in the winter because a lot of the things that are doing really well are not wintertime activities. And in West North Carolina, there are things that don't really happen for three or four months. And some of the things that usually replace those uh, items um, are still in the struggling category. So I'm not sure what's going to happen the next four or five months. I, I'm interested to see what happens in the skiing industry. You know, we don't have the best skiing in the world around here, but we do have some good skiing ski resorts up in Avery County and up in Watauga County, north of Asheville, and even in uh, Haywood County. To the to the west of Asheville is a, a, a solid ski community out there too. And I think that skiing should be a pretty safe activity, but I'm not sure. I don't know enough about the details. So if if people are uh, were to go to romanticashville.com, uh, you have so many uh, pages of things to do and places to go, and it's certainly a resource uh, to get information. You keep that pretty updated, right? Absolutely. It's a full-time job for one of my, my, my team members to keep it updated. And it's actually hard even with the full-time person to get it, keep it updated. We're actually going to be trying to add some additional help next year for her. But um, right now, one of the hardest things she's struggling with is getting all the events updated, the ones that are happening this fall, and also getting the Thanksgiving restaurant options updated. You know, there's been a consistent rest, restaurants that provide Thanksgiving um, dining, and they're all trying to rethink what they're doing this year. So getting the right information on those kind of pages. We had the same challenge with the 4th of July page, which is one of our most popular pages of the whole year this summer. But yeah, um, those, you know, we, we, ha we have a great fall travel guide for the region with, we, we've we always select what's on there every year and it's focused on things you can do safely right now uh, as, of, as of this month and next month. And yeah, we focused on promoting um, the Restaurant Association has a page about what the restaurants are doing. We're driving a lot of traffic to them as well. Well, there's never a loss for things to see and do, certainly in this region. It's just going to be a matter of what is going to be available, what's going to be open, what experiences are going to be out there. So, Justin, tell us again where we can get information about the Tourism Recovery Summit. Uh, we know we can get lots of information about what to see and do by going to romanticashville.com. But tell us again how we can get info about the summit coming up. Sure. It's at DIYTourismMarketing.com. Under the events tab, it's the second event down. It's called the October Free Virtual Summit. Justin, thank you so much for all the information. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. It's also a pleasure uh, each week that we have a tourism partner from RomanticAsheville.com on Speaking of Travel to update us on what's going on in and around the region. So thank you and, and thank you to your team as well. Thank you, Marilyn. Thanks for all the support and everything we're doing. The industry is indeed changing, and it's so refreshing to hear the innovative ways that businesses and destinations have changed to make sure that they're providing safe and responsible travel. And the airports and airlines are stepping up, too. There are new safety measures happening. And coming up next is Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport to fill us in on the changes taking place and why people are beginning to feel more comfortable with getting on a plane. I know I'll be ready, so stay tuned. 
If you want to truly experience a city, dart at the top. With Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, you'll capture the true spirit of Asheville, North Carolina on our one-of-a-kind award-winning tours. You'll experience our city's highly acclaimed rooftop bars, see Asheville's scenic beauty and historic landmarks, and feel the history of our city unfold before you, all on this uniquely crafted tour. We take care of every detail, including van chauffeur transportation, sample cocktails and mocktails at each rooftop bar, and there's plenty of snacks and bottled water on the van to enjoy between stops. Come see why Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours is top of the city and top of mind for the best things to do in Asheville, North Carolina. To learn more, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. And I know I'm not alone in longing for that time when I walk into a bustling airport again. That feeling of freedom and adventure, the airport always marks the start of the journey. And with the travel industry changing so much, it's comforting to know airlines and airports are taking measures to protect us. And joining me today is Tina Kinsey, the Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport to provide some insight into what it's like flying these days as more and more people are taking to the skies. And Tina, it's always a pleasure to have you on Speaking of Travel. Thanks, Marilyn. It's always good to be here. So Tina, I've been keeping up with what's going on in the airline industry. And we've talked over the months about what's happening at the Asheville Regional Airport. Let's talk a little bit about where we are today and how the industry is starting to slowly see some growth. Absolutely. So um, we, we keep track of how many people go through um, TSA security screening every day at our airport and then this is this is actually tracked by the TSA and so they track it nationwide and so we can look at percentages and see what's happening and we hit a milestone very recently in October TSA screened over a million people in one day and they have not done that number since March so it shows that people are traveling more. They're finding more comfort in the travel journey in this world of COVID-19. I think that a lot is being learned uh, about how it is spread, but also how we can prevent the spread or protect ourselves um, when we are maneuvering through life's journey, whether that's just in everyday life or through an airport and on airplanes. And so you know, the TSA is reporting this number. And when you boil it down locally for us, we're seeing the same thing. October so far has been the busiest month of travel since, since March. So I'm, I'm glad to see that all of the efforts that are out there by airports and airlines and all of our partners, but also by passengers you know, really stepping it up and doing their part is resulting in more confidence in the travel journey. And that is so important because from the very beginning, travel safety and sanitation and 
creating a safe environment was always the top of line, most important to the airlines and to the to the airports. I know, as we've been talking over the months, just the changes that have been happening right there at the Asheville Regional Airport to create this environment where we feel safe. But there's a lot of new research going on, too. And I think that's something that we should talk about because the airline industry and the airports are all so forward thinking and have always been visionaries and looking at the bigger picture. And there's always research going on to give everybody ideas of what to do next. Let's talk a little bit about some of that new research going on. Absolutely. Well, one that we've seen bubble up that really made big news across the nation is uh, the U.S. Department of Defense just released a study that they conducted, uh, and it was a pretty in-depth empirical study, and it really showed uh, that there's low risk of contracting COVID-19 on an airplane because of two factors. One is the, um, the air filtration systems are gold standard on airplanes. And so they're recirculating the air on a regular basis every few minutes um, with fresh air, uh, you know, on the airplane. And so that really makes, has a positive effect And then that combined with mask wearing by passengers and crew members really does reduce the risk significantly. And so I encourage anyone who has some concerns about air travel, you know, take a look, take a look at some of that research that's out there. And, uh, you know, in particular, this is a new a new study that was just released. And so it's readily found online. And we also posted a link to it on our Facebook page. And let's talk a little bit about your Facebook page and your social media and your website and how people can get more information because you are putting out current and timely information all the time. How can people find these resources? Sure. So we already we're talking about Facebook. So let's start there. Our strategy with Facebook in the past months and looking forward for the next few months really has been to share information like this. We feel like that's the most valuable thing we can do right now so that people who are thinking about traveling have access to what we see every day from the airlines, from, you know, um, outside agency studies like this, anything that might be relevant. So we are just sharing all kinds of information on our Facebook. So we're, it's easy to find us. Uh, You can just like our page and uh, then you get to see, see those items. We also have a monthly e-newsletter. We, we send it out at the end of each month and it is titled window seat and it's easy to sign up. We've got a sign up on the homepage of our website and our website is flyavl.com and of course we include a lot of good information and links on our website as well. It definitely is a, a valuable tool for all of us who are thinking about going on a plane and I do want to say Tina that over the past few weeks especially I have been in contact with quite a few people who have traveled by air and 
I ask them specifically, what was your experience like? And I hear over and over again that they felt it was one of the safest places they could be at the airport and in the plane, that everybody did work together to create a sense of uh, safety. And, you know, we've been saying it all along that we're going to get through this together. And it really is starting to show by working together and thinking along the same lines of uh, safety and, and sanitation that it's working. That's right. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head, that word together. You know, we are committed as an airport to do all that we can to promote a safe and healthy journey. And we are grateful to passengers and visitors who come into the airport and, you know, are among our team members, but also other travelers who are doing their part. And that is what it takes. That's what the research is finding. We know air travel will continue for a number of reasons. It ha- it's never ceased, really, even though, even though numbers got very low for a while. There's always a reason. There are people who need air travel for many, many reasons. But there are also a lot of people who are feeling more confident, more comfortable, and they want to take some trips. They want to to see members of their families that they haven't seen in a while, and they need air travel for that as well. So we're committed and we thank travelers for being committed too. Well, we thank you and your team and the the whole team there at Asheville Regional Airport for all you do. You've been a solid source of comfort, really, just knowing that you have kept the airport open and continue to keep it open and moving. So thank you. Well, always a pleasure to, to chat, Marilyn. Well, thanks, Tina. And tell us again your website so we can uh, check it out. Sure. So just visit flyavl.com. Great. Well, thank you so much, Tina. I know we say it every week, but when we're ready, you're ready. Yes. Thanks so much. All right. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. I want you to go out and have a wonderful week. Okay. Yes. Home is where the heart is, but it's also where we've been for far too long. If your heart is calling out for adventure, don't put it off anymore. Just don't. If you need something big in your life like I do, then just go for it. Do it. Because I promise you, it will change your life. Even if it's a short road trip up the mountain or glamping in the forest or going to the beach, it's time to stretch your legs, see something other than a screen, and help boost our economy. And sure, there are still some restrictions in place, but travel is slowly starting up again. And even though everyone has a touch of cabin fever, go discover that place that everyone isn't going to. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Roll, roll, roll.